Okay, if you're a Patreon subscriber, thanks a lot. At the $10 tier and above, you get a couple of these videos every month. And uh, this is uh, one that is kind of significant for me. You're not going to actually hear this video on the podcast until June 17th. But we've done several different um, interviews for episode number 53, Afterlife. What's next? But the one that I really wanted to record on video so desperately and get to you was the one of somebody who has been involved with paranormal research for years. And we're going to talk to her about how she got started, why she got started, and what continues to push her to that boundary, that edge, that very veil. Her name is Stacia Underwood Gullet. Now, we're going to talk to her in a second. But first, I wanted to say, please, you know, to share the Mountain Mysteries. Thank you for already for your Patreon support, but share the Mountain Mysteries. And let's get more of this out there because we are back. We are consistent. We are steady. And um, if you've been listening, this thing is getting bigger and bigger. I mean, our Facebook pages were up uh, on some of the pages, or like the likes and the interactions, over a thousand percent. The people that host the Mountain Mysteries Podcast.com Wix took a look at our Facebook site and they asked me, and this was verbatim, quote, How the hell did you do that? End quote. How the hell did you do that? And I said, Our listeners, our audience, our fans, I said, Maybe it goes deeper than that. And I'm thinking about April. I'm thinking about Tim. I'm thinking about Dwayne. I'm thinking about all of the people that we've tried to include so far. We're, we're coming up on episode 53 real quick, and there's going to be a more. Good Lord willing, with God's grace and blessings, there's going to be so much more. But right now, I'd like to bring in somebody right now. Uh, and from here on out, you're going to hear this interview on the podcast, but you as a Patreon member get to not only hear the interview, but you get to watch it. So thank you so much for your support. Right now, I'll bring in Stacia Underwood-Gullet. She's the founder of 606 Paranormal, and she is one of my dearest and truest friends. Uh, we've known each other, like I've said before, since we were kids. And the thing is, is at the time, I never knew, you know, back when we were young children, I never knew that you had had these experiences. But first, Stacia, thank you so much. Love you so much. And I'm so glad that you're with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love you. What was your first experience? What got it started for you? Well, I really had to, you know, give away my age and all since I'm 35. But mm -hmm. back in yeah. the 70s, you know, when we were when we were little babies. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I really didn't know that it was paranormal at the time. And I thought that, you know, everybody had an Indian in their closet. So kind of started off with me noticing I would, we had a big indoor like walk through type closet in one of those old ranch style homes. Yeah. And uh, I would, you could see that the door crack itself open a little bit and you walk by and I would look in there and it was like a see through Indian. I could see completely through him. Now, as a but child, me as no me as a four year old, he did not scare me in the least. He, if anything, I think he was peaceful. I think he was maybe just watching to see what was going on. Um, there was also times that he would appear to me um, with different headdresses on. I know 
one thing I can really remember vividly was he had a black wolf headdress. And it showed the whole complete top of the wolf and the skin and everything down to here. But I couldn't see anything past his waist ever. So it was just transparent. It, was, it wasn't in that, you know, and more than, than frightening, it was really kind of beautiful. But he always was at peace. And I never, ever felt any danger from him. I never thought, you know, and I told mom about it a little later. And, um, you know, I think that she's always been able to see things herself. Mm. And she just kind of smiled and she said, you know, there are many spirits that, you know, that we, we can and can't see around us always. So you come by this gift, honestly, apparently. I do believe I do. Although she doesn't talk about it much. And I really, up until the last couple of years, I've really been pretty much secretive about everything. But well, I ran into a few cases where I had to help. You know, I had to help these children. I had to help the elderly. That's what I'm here for. Do you think that there's a stigma attached to people with this gift? That, you know, that, that they're afraid to come out and say, well, you know, this is what I just happens. I can do these things. And then people look at them like. You're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't want to get that started. And then, you know, be made fun of or anything out of the ordinary. And plus, you know, I, I always wanted to just, you know, work on my gift. And do everything that I could, you know, to, to help people and, you know, to see what I can see for me. To learn everything that I possibly could for me. Over the course so of the years. that I can years. use that. I make, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Over the course of the years, did this continue or was there like a lull? Or were you always able to experience these things? Always. Always. So we, uh, we moved from that area. Um that was an area, a little, little bit on the outskirts of town there. And there's a little story that goes with that, too. Um, I'll have to tell you about that one. So we moved uh, to town uh, to a house that had been empty for many years. And um, we weren't in the house probably two days until I saw uh, the owner walk right through the wall. So, you know, this was when I was maybe five years old at this time, six. Mm-hmm. So is any, it seems like anywhere I would go, I would go to my friend's house, look on their steps. There would be a man sitting there, you know, and then I later learned that there was a man that passed there in the fifties from a heart attack, just little things. And it actually got to the point where I didn't want to see things anymore. If that, if that makes sense, I tried to push it off. I tried to just, Look down everywhere I go. I, I don't want to see anything else. I tried to push it away. And so uh, of course, like that didn't work. Character in um, uh, The Sixth Sense. Uh, yeah, right. I just, I, I didn't, I, it wasn't because I was fearful or afraid. I was just tired of it. I see. Is that what drives you? What What drives me is just like the the case I went on. And I really don't even want to call it a case. It was a cry for help. I went on a cry for help about two weeks ago um, to a place out in the county. And um, it was a family. It was um, a married couple and their daughter. She's eight. And they've been having all kinds of problems in their home. Well, they have all kinds of evidence. They have all kinds of cameras going through their house, showing me all this stuff, these chairs lifting up and 
twisting around and and this this thing coming out and talking to their little girl and acting like it's another little girl and then it's not and then it's showing itself evilly to the mom and so a few other bad things that happened so she called me actually a friend of hers called me first and then asked me to help so i went i went to them and i first talked to her daughter and i sat down with her for about 20 minutes and and we talked and she told me everything that she'd seen and all the things that this entity had talked to her about and you know the mom you know also had, had told me before she's been doing this all of her life she's like she's always talking to, to things or telling me mommy this this one said this to me or this said that and what it turns out is she has a gift also and you know i tried to explain to her mom no matter how hard that we try to get rid of these entities that are in your home whether it's one one day five the next they never know but they come to her because they know she can help them either you know it's like you and i spoken before about this either they're afraid of judgment there's there's something that's keeping them here something that's grounding them here or to that land nearby something is going on but they are looking to this child for help and, she and, and can the, hear them yes she can see them hear them describe them to you she knows where they're at i mean it's it's terrorizing her but it's like i told her you know i'll be there for her no matter what i said you know if it's three o'clock in the morning honey you facetime me i've been there i know what you're going through you're stronger than it is and so i sat down and gave her some some coping techniques and things to say and do as well as i did the same thing with the mother and the mom had is the one who had the most problems with physical um it's been attacking the mom while she's asleep you mean like scratches claw marks um worse 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 okay I'm in, getting... in a, like a crawls up in the bed on on her legs rips her legs apart attacks her thighs just we're talking awful about, we're talking about activity that uh is kind of like a incubus or a succubus exactly or, yeah whatever sexual, the thing is sexual yes. in or, so yeah in its orientation yep okay whatever it is it's very violent and and I told her, you know, we can we can try to try our best to do this and get rid of them. But with her gift, it's going to come right back. It's going to come right back. And I hated so bad to tell her that. Hmm. So we tried, you know, to cleanse the home. We, we tried to, you know, go out for a few nights and, and see what we could find out. And luckily, they didn't have any more problems for about a month. And now something brand new is is starting again. So it's not just the good, or I mean, you know, I, I and correct me, but the limited research I've done indicates that you know you have spirits that walk this earth that are human and non-human. Now the non-human can be angels, but they can also be demonic. Exactly. And then, of course, you have the human spirits. Um, people like, and I honestly believe this, that my mom comes to me. Absolutely, she does. Basis. 
and so does my dad on occasion. These are humans. Mm -hmm. These were people that we knew and loved while they were here. Yeah. Um, but both are attracted to this child. Yes. Okay. I had a psychic tell me once, um, he said, people like you, he said, are like a candle in the nighttime to these things because you understand and they know that somehow, some way you might possibly be able to help them. So they're attracted to you. And, you know, it's the same thing, you know, that I told this child, you know, I tried to explain this. Maybe she could understand it better because she just, at this point, doesn't understand what's happening to her. Well, she, she just what, can't figure it out. Just turned eight. Yeah. And how and why is this happening to her? That's probably exactly what that's she what she's wondered. going through. And it's it's so sad. She just she broke my heart to pieces. I hope that you can uh, update us on that. And we certainly say a prayer for that family. Yeah, it's, it's ongoing. I mean, really? Like I told them, I don't quit. I'll be there for you. What are some of the types of hauntings that you've encountered the best and the worst? You know, uh, we know that there's what there's residual and then there, yeah, there's intelligent. intelligent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the most, the most that we ever see are intelligent. Um, they know what they're doing. They know why they're there and they know what they want. And that's usually to terrorize you. Sometimes um, they just want to, you know, see what you're doing, check you out. And then the worst that I can remember by far, I've had a couple of bad ones, but um, actually I've had two demonic cases that I'll never forget. The first one was attached to a child. And I went to this family's home alone, like an idiot, first of all. Um, my other team members were gone. They couldn't, they couldn't make it. So I didn't want to leave this family hanging. So I show up. And the mom's already distraught, telling me what's going on. Nobody believes her. She's so sick of people making fun of her at work. Her family's making fun of her. Could I please just come up and witness this? I said, I'm here for you. Let's, let's go. We go up to this, this boy's room. He's 14. He immediately tells me that this thing and I'm not going to mention any names because okay. something I will never do is mention a demonic right. name. Right. Right. He told me that this thing didn't like me. And I said, well, that's good because I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to help you. He said, you can try. He said, but he said, nothing will work. He said, I know I'm doomed. And I said, it's oppressing you. You're not doomed. There is help. If I can't help you, at least somewhat, you know, then we will call for backup. I'll get a priest in here to help. Don't don't ever give up. That's what this thing is wanting you to do. The second stage of possession is okay. Absolutely. It's 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 getting him. And so I have holy water. So I go around his room, blessing his room, then I sit down to talk to him and he said, Oh my gosh. He said, Look, it just jumped on the wall. I said, how, really? How? How? Tell me where. He said, right there. So I take my equipment over there, and my equipment goes off full scale. And he goes, oh, wait a minute. He's over there. Walked over there. All my equipment. And I, you know me, I take a lot of backup equipment yeah. because I just don't listen to, you know, 
what people say. I want proof. So I uh, go over to the other side of the wall. It's going off full blast. I also have my recorders going at this time. And I'm hearing this thing tell me to die. So I tell his mother, you know, you guys are just going to have to bear with me. We're going to have to try to get through this. So we attempted to help him. We attempted everything possible that only, you know, me as one person can do. All my equipment, holy water, everything I've got going, you know, trying to help this kid and trying to get him to talk to me and talk sensibly back to me instead of this, just, I want to die type thing. And all of a sudden he comes up out of the bed that he was kind of laying back in talking to me, pushes me backwards and runs out the door. When I get up and I turn around, I notice everywhere around me is black fog. Like, if I can, if you could see black static, if I could just, you could picture it in your mind. I'm looking all around at this black static, and I'm like, what is, what is going on? And, and then at this point in time is when I looked up, and I saw eyes. And I smelled it, and I knew exactly what it was. And I, it, it was probably i was i'm gonna say it was probably at least eight feet tall and what, you what see kind of it. smell was it oh it, it was smell like pure sulfur it was super tall super just awfully just smelly you couldn't see i mean you could see barely through it but it felt like you can't run you can't walk it's like it has you like in the stuck and I never experienced anything like that. So, you know, I started saying the Lord's Prayer because, you know, when in doubt, always keep that handy. And I feel my legs finally letting through. And the mom, I can hear her downstairs. And I told them all, I said, get out of the house. All of you all get out of the house. And here comes the dad up the stairs cussing and with the baseball bat. And I'm, I said, you know, you can't do that's not going to do any good i'm so sorry you know and i went downstairs and i got them all out of there and i told them i said you all need to go somewhere tonight let me call in some backup and i called a couple priest friends of mine and they couldn't make it till the next day mm -hmm. so you know I, I begged them to stay somewhere else and he looked at me the boy did and he said no matter where i go he said it's going to follow me he said, if we go to the hotel, it's going to follow me. He said, this thing's going to kill me. It's just a matter of time. What do you think started all this? I mean, why was this? Oh, I got to the bottom of it. I worked on this for three months. Um, his girlfriend was a little older than him. Um, and her and a couple of her friends had been uh, playing with the Ouija board. Mm. And... Uh, blood and trying to do all these little witchcraft spells that you can go and get books on and all of that, you know, and he, he broke down and he told me, you know, he said, you know, I asked her not to do that around me. He said, I felt really uncomfortable with it. He said, and she just said, Oh, it's for fun. He said, and I honestly believe it came home in the car with me from her home. 
you know, something that we talked about earlier in this episode was the dangers of Absolutely. Ouija boards or spirit boards. And let's say that you had somebody like me. I, I, I won't mess with these things. But let's say that you had somebody that's inexperienced in investigating. Uh, you know, a former guest of ours on this episode, John Marshall, said, when you do EVPs alone and you're inexperienced, it's almost the same thing as playing with a spirit board. You're asking for it. You're asking for trouble. Yes, that's you're exactly what he said. Mm-hmm. You know the name Ryan Buell? Uh, yeah. I am six. That episode? Yeah. I am six. Mm -hmm. That all spawned from a girl who had an interest in EVPs. Yep. And she, if I'm not mistaken, she all but became possessed, didn't she? She did. And it was, it it was, it was from that. Now you said that there was two cases that are really prominent to you. What was the other one? Uh, the other one was, is also a demonic, uh, and this one is, first of all, I want to warn any of the viewers, if any of this type of thing bothers you, you might want to give it a couple of minutes because I'm going to be talking about a bad car wreck involving a family. So here in Lexington, um, there was a, a terrible car wreck. And it was one of my husband's friends. He left the bar and... He shouldn't have ever even thought he could even drive. He went up the interstate um, backwards, crashed into a family of five, and killed every one of them, children and the parents. And they no, I see. It seems like I instantaneously did it. Complete was fire from start to the finish. So, um, we went up there. It's it, you know about a year had passed. It was around the same time. So we went up there just to check it out because he, he just wanted to show me, you know, where that was, you know, one of his friends and stuff. He wanted to show me the area. So he did. So I decided to get out because I I had a hunch. You know, my hunches, they always turn out pretty bad. I had a hunch something was going on. And then we had a really bad smell. Same smell that, that sulfuric okay. smell. Okay. So we got out. Mm, took some uh, equipment with us and whenever I started going around the equipment and asking questions, I'm like, is there, you know, is there something here that may want to, you know, contact us? There goes my meters beeping as loud as possible. So I told, I told him, I said, start taking some, some photographs, some pictures. He gets out and walks over. And the minute he does, we start hearing growling. And I said, okay, that's crazy right here on the interstate. There was nothing coming by, no cars, just a deep, low growl. Now, just so I'm clear about this, Lexington runs, it's adjacent to two interstates, 64 and 75. Which one Mm -hmm. were you on? The one that is um, actually right here beside of my house on Manowar. Okay, okay. Yeah, you you just go right off Manowar here. the equipment went off the growling started we started smelling it i'm like could it possibly be something is going on here he said i don't know i've never seen anything like it and we we started noticing pictures and up on the road where the whole accident happened the road was a figure with horns with horns with horns 
So you know how I think you hear when tragic, terrible, horrible things like that happen, you know, demons and things like that, they, uh, they like that sort of thing. So they like to hang around areas like that so that they can feed off of human pain and suffering. Yeah. But for the life of me, I, I believe that that's what it was doing there. Now, the gentleman or the, the person that was driving the car that caused the collision, did he survive? Nope. So everyone. Six of them. Six people in that accident, uh -huh. all dead, including children. Yep. My God. How yep. do you cope with this? You know, that's when, you know, he was telling me about it. And I said, oh, my gosh. And he goes, well, I'll, I'll drive you up and show you, you know, one of the scenes. And, you know, because we were we were just driving around talking about things. And that's when he was actually learning about some of the of, you know, places that I'd been and some things that I'd seen. And, you know, when we got out and experienced that, it, you know, that changed him. That was the first time. And he's like, you know, the paranormal is no joke. He's like, you know, you were right. It's no joke. No, it's not. And a and lot I of people approach it just, like, just, just like the girl did in your first case. Oh, it's for fun. That's not, uh, that is completely the wrong attitude to approach this with. I'll tell you another great one uh, that happened to me not long ago. We went up to Pikeville to uh, Octavia Thatcher's graveyard. Yes, we actually did an episode on her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. And um I walked around for probably 20 minutes and you know, the thing about the gift is you can connect with certain spirits. And if you're empathic on a certain level, you can feel how they were feeling. And I think that you do that a lot too. I've seen it with you, but I don't know. And I'm not going to say that it was her, but something tried to attack me for two days after that. And I will never, as strong as I am, and hear me, I am not afraid of anything. I will never go back there. Whatever it was, it just about got me down. So whatever it was, was very powerful. I walked around, not just her area, I walked around the whole thing because I like to read those old headstones and pay respects and and you know, walk around there. Some of them are just are eerily beautiful, if it makes any sense. You know, a lot of our listeners may not understand this or be able to grasp this, but I'm going to ask you to step back in time to around 1977, 78, when we were both in school together. We were classmates. Do you remember how our teachers used to take us and we would hold hand in hand? You know, we would have a buddy, is what they were called. And we would walk about the small town that we were from. Yep. And do you remember a time that we actually went, as morbid as this may sound, it was for an educational purpose, I assume, but we'd actually went to a cemetery. Do you remember that? Yes. And I, I distinctly remember being very drawn to certain elements of that cemetery. Mm -hmm, and those too. elements were... Uh, the headstones. Yes. But something inside of me said, be very respectful. Yes. These people aren't in this life anymore, but they are still people. And 
I remembered looking over at you, you know, all the other kids, most of the other kids in our class were uh, cutting up, carrying on, you know, living life. Yeah. You and I were, I just remembered looking over at you and you had this element of calm, but yet sadness about you. I remember that, Stace. I remember yeah. that like it happened yesterday. And and I remembered thinking to myself, you too? Yeah. Because we were the only two there that I saw like that outside of the teachers. And the teachers were just being mindful, but there was two of them and they were standing over there talking. And I know uh -huh. exactly who they were. I won't mention names. Well, I remember one name. Uh, and and I'll, I'll bring this up to you after we close yeah. the video. But I remember her standing over there looking and she looked over at you and she looked over at me and she just kept <laughs> back and forth because so we, weren't, those we weren't out there running over graves and stuff like that. And I've always been a very, I will not walk on a grave. No, me either. I will hop over it if I can. Yeah. Or walk around it. But I, to me, that's just a respect thing. Yes. It is. But I, I do remember some of that. So that brings me to my next question. Do you believe in the afterlife? And if you do, what do you think it's like? I do. I, I, I have to. In this world today, everybody has their opinions on, you know, atheism and their, how can God let this world be like this? And, you know, all this crazy stuff going on but deep down inside your heart you know that we have a soul and you know that we have a heart and you know that when our soul leaves our body it's pure energy so it has to go somewhere so i would really love to believe that there is a heaven you know a, a lot of my old. spirits uh my spirit box they'll tell me they call it the light when i've asked them several questions about when we pass and what happens to us and, and, and they'll say, you go to the light. We're in the light. Mm -hmm. So and that light in my that light has opinion. to be heaven. Yeah. That light is it's heaven it's all love. They say, I wrote down a few notes on them. Every time I talk or get on there, uh, it's all love. I've heard that. Told me that bad spirits stay in the dark alone in the darkness like uh, serial killers murderers they stay alone in the darkness no love and that would be hell because there is no god the absence the complete and utter absence of god yes that has got to be hell i mean can you even imagine i'd rather not me either me you, know, you, you have accumulated a ton of evidence over the years. Um, and I want to get to something that I'm seeing in the video right now that's right behind you here in a few moments. Um, but what kind of tools do you use that have uh, provided scientific evidence? We have, um, gosh, we have so, so much that we like to take just in case. But now my favorites are um, my EMF detectors, like my Trifield, because mm -hmm. they work with even just the slightest amount of EMF. They work the best. Um, now, for those people that don't know what EMF is, that's electromagnetic field. It's, right. um, 
it is typically given off by anything that produces any kind of electrical current. This thing will go crazy around a light switch that's active or, you know, you really get the readings with it in paranormal investigations. If you walk into a place and there's not much of anything on or, you know, like if everything is turned off, that is why so many times you will see investigators in the dark because they don't want false readings. They don't want these things. But let's say that you walk into, uh, just as an example, uh, any kind of building without power or any place without power, and that EMF detector goes off, there's something there that has to be It's measuring it. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's something there that has to trigger it. Yeah, it's a scientific fact that they have proven that ghost matter is electromagnetic fields. Yeah, and, and that would also account for why... Sometimes people, let's say with a digital recorder or anything that's battery operated, get such a battery drain so quickly. Right. That would explain a lot because it's having yes. power from someplace. You know, yeah. listen, you and I were on the case and watched that happen real quick. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I, I was firsthand witness to that. And yeah. Um, yeah, I remember there were certain people there that were like, <gasps> and to some of us, it was like, what mm. a gift. Yep. What I'm a gift are I'm, we so able? I mean, how how lucky are we to be able to give a family like that that kind of a gift? That's what I live for. Yes. So that was my next thing. What has the evidence showed you? Uh, it- so much. Um, we've got some new equipment coming in, and I'm definitely gonna going to uh, do some of that for you on here. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to have some guests come on, we can do some stuff for them. Mm-hmm. Use the equipment there too. But, I mean, you learn so much. I mean, even even with a handheld recorder, you know, I take it everywhere we go. Just the, the most inexpensive equipment can do more than a $1,000 piece. I mean, just, I mean, a, a recorder, a little handheld camera. I mean, if you don't have that, even taking pictures with your phone. Yes, absolutely. But our little handheld recorders get all kinds of EVPs. And, and, and I mean... We've sat for hours and listened to some crazy EVP. Well, there at some haunted locations in Paintsville also. Oh, yeah. They are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, does it uh, like the veil between this life and the next is getting thinner the more time goes on? You know, that would make perfect sense. I've thought about that. I mean, yeah, and I mean, as big as, as this planet is, you know, and, and, everything i mean who's to say how many realities you know exist i mean we just we don't know we'd be crazy to even try to guess you know how many other other world or realms or i mean it's just it's crazy when you think about it it is i think that there's infinite possibilities there it you're right but it does seem like the more that time goes on the thinner the veil gets between this life and the next i agree and i think you can feel it Mm mm-hmm you can feel it. The older you get, you can feel it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And we're seeing it. Yeah. We're seeing yep. it. I mean, yes. it, it's like we're getting more reports of um, hauntings and paranormal activity now than we have yep. in years past. Now, that could be due to equipment and everything else everybody's getting. It could be. And it also YouTube could be. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And of course, you know, how many of them are real? Well, you know, out of the ones that I've seen, you know, let's say I've had, or let's say that I've seen or accompanied people on 10 cases, 
maybe one or two were actually unexplainable. Right. Um, but it's very yeah. rare that something's haunted. Yes, but it, it does happen. Absolutely. It does happen. Uh, and the only way to approach this is with an open mind. Yeah, you can be a skeptic, but you can all, you all you, you can't be such a skeptic that you have to say there's no chance of it. There's just right. absolutely right. no chance of it. There's a little skeptic in all of us, especially when it comes to this line of work, you know. Yeah. Cuz you have to debunk, you know, everything first so that you you, you know I, you get it right. You and Lloyd and I and uh, my daughter uh Sharon Baron, April's mom. We had went to a place called Wolf Lake in an investigation, trying to make contact with someone that a family had lost uh, due to drowning. That was his actual cause of death was drowning. But I do think that it was it goes deeper than that. I think it absolutely goes deeper than that. Yes, it does. But I remember us being out there and we were conducting. uh, I think, well, let me say you were conducting an EVP session. I was in the background doing what I do best, which is just observing. That's where I belong and lending any energy that I could to it. And sure enough, oh my, things started to happen. Yeah. And I can, well, you can see right now. Unexpected. It was, it was Mm -hmm. something. Yes. And I just remember you and I looking at each other like, oh hell, you got to be kidding me. And he came right out. And indicated that this was no accident. Right. Best of my memory. But it, it was at that point that I realized, okay. Now, is that to say that Wolf Lake is haunted? No. That's just no. that his presence was there. And right. he came to his presence trying to comfort his family. Yeah. I do believe that he was that kind of person. Although yep. I never met him, I do feel like I've, I, I know him. I'm and the I, same I, way with him. He is. Mm-hmm. He is. He's just been something else. I'll tell you, he definitely just, his spirit is just so alive and it just, it's so heartbreaking. Yes. Kind of reminds you of April. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had April to speak to me directly through a portal, which was on. The I gathering. Heard. Yes. She spoke to me through her mom's phone. Uh, and there's times I've been in here and you've been a company, you know, on a video when these lights in my studio would just start flickering for no reason. Yep. When we talked about April. Yep. She came through on the portal. Um, that one night we were talking to you and she said, love you, Chris. Mm-hmm. And that's what she called me. She never did call me Chris. It was Chris. It was, mm-hmm. that, that, that was just April. Yeah. I mean, if that like that right there, that kind of evidence, what a gift was that? And I mean, that's validated because of her nickname for you. I mean, there's mm-hmm. not some voice over the radio just going to come across there and say, love you, Chris. You know what I'm saying? No, That's validation. And, you know, people can be skeptic about it all, but you know, we know what it was. Now you have, you know, one of my, I had such a gift some time back. I think it was circa 2008 to speak with Lorraine Warren. Oh yeah. And my, my, she was just an incredible, an incredible and a beautiful soul, a beautiful. Human. She's a peach. Oh, she is. And she, she had explained to me in some degree uh, that she had, you know, about the museum that the Warrens have on the occult. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of possessions there are haunted. Well, as a matter of fact, every possession in that museum is haunted. Oh yeah. You've got kind of the same little thing going on, you know, yep. earlier throughout this video, 
for the people that uh, get to see the video, which is on Patreon, uh, $10 tier, you can watch this thing in its entirety. You get two of these a month. And that's just a part of what you get. But anyways, I was zooming in or kind of, uh, you know, stepping myself out kind of like I'm going to do right here. These are just a few of our haunted babies that we've been called to come and get through the years. Some, some things that were, that were with them or, you know, just some of their little objects and things, but these are some of our babies that live with us now here in the office. This is the latest one. This one's Olive. And of course, we have our haunted violin and a few other little things that we've been asked to come and get because people were having problems. So this is just a few things that we have here. Um, we've got, I mean, all kinds of stuff in boxes, but these are just a few. And then we move this big chair over here and get out of the way. This is one of my favorites. This was our little grave bear. That was somehow, um, buried with a child and about 10 years later, it was found at the child's home. Wow. So this is our sweet little bear. We've had him here. How long have we had him? Six, seven years, maybe. But so he was buried with a child. He and then was buried with a child. Uh-huh. Now tell me the and story behind Olive. Olive is our newest one. We've had her for about a week now. So we really haven't seen anything bad out of her, but um, it was said that she was causing um, a lot of problems in the home. Of course, look how sweet. I mean, yeah. I just don't, I just don't believe it. She just is a little angel, mm -hmm. but um, they said that she was causing quite a few problems with uh, making baby noises, like newborn baby noises. Yeah. Um, like after two thirty, three o'clock every night. And they also would sit her in a chair, which I have the chair too, that she's in. Mm -hmm. And they would come and look in the room to see what, what the problem was. Is it a cat? What's going on? You know, how everything goes through your mind. And she would be out of the chair sitting somewhere else. You remember the story of Annabelle. Mm -hmm. Well, Lorraine had told me, and, and of course, this also appears in the film as well, but um, human spirits do not take possession of dolls. Mm -mm. She said that only demonic spirits take possession of such things. Yeah. Um, what kind of measures are you taking to protect yourself and your family? Um, as soon as we get those, we usually um, stop by the church. I've got a private friend. Um, that takes care of a lot of that stuff for us. And then we also um, bless them about once a week here. Just to be safe. You know, it's something that uh, Lorraine said that it was very similar to that, that they do blessings on that room that uh, is the museum with the haunted artifacts and that they do blessings yeah. so many times a week. Yeah. And she said that keeps things. Just to be safe. Yeah. Absolutely. So. 
Well, I mean, good news is you and I have talked off key off off of the uh, podcast and things like that. And, you know, the gatherings are back now. They're coming back. And um, I'd like for you to break uh, the news that you are going to be co-hosting. I would absolutely love to co-host with you. And there's something that we're going to have very special for uh, the people that come in and the people that, um, uh, you know, watch the gatherings. You have a very intricate, very, uh, I don't know of any other way to put this, station, but it's all—it's an awesome piece of equipment. Yeah, that's coming. ovulus. Yes, the ovulus. And you are actually going, we're, we're going to allow some people to come onto the program with us through video, of course. And you are going to see if they can make contact with maybe a loved Absolutely. one or, or something like that. Uh, we had done one in which my mom and dad came through. And so I'd love to be able to offer offer your viewers um, anything that we can do like that for them. Hey, I'm here. We've got we've got the portal. Um, of course, it's always up and running. We've got the SB7 device. It's always up and running. Mm-hmm. But I would I would love to do that for your listeners. I think that that's absolutely fantastic, and I welcome you uh, wholeheartedly because. Uh, this thing is getting big enough now that, uh, I mean, I, I'm needing all the help I can get, and I could not think of a better person. Uh, you, you know, Amanda, you've spoken with Amanda. She's doing yes. our, our research now. Good deal. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's great. And when I talked to her about this, she was like, oh, my God, that would be awesome. She's having Stacia on. She, yes, yes. Yes, me and Amanda had an instant connection. Yes. Uh, well, you helped her. Yes, I remember. Con- yeah, contact her dad. Uh, which was a very, very, very big deal for her. And when I heard my mom come through and then my dad in the background being his normal self, you know, the, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that when we go on, our essence goes with us because that was my dad. But um, yeah, uh, the gatherings will take place Thursday nights at nine o'clock. Uh, and, and we certainly look forward to it. And of course, it's going to be across YouTube, Facebook channels and all that stuff too, and probably grow. I know that we're on twitch and wherever else i can find to put us but keep in mind that the gatherings is not the actual podcast it's to promote the podcast and it's kind of like a brother or sister to the mountain mysteries the mountain mysteries gatherings we talk about the mountain mysteries but, sounds good but there's also other things like this too and i wanted our listeners to know that too so but yeah. stacy um i know you got a lot to do and i certainly appreciate you taking the time that you have to speak with us um, i love it i love spending time with you especially talking about the things that we love Yes, I do too. And reminiscing about when we were kids. So Always, yes. Always. Well, I offer you love and respect, and I thank you so much love for everything you, you do. Okay. See you later. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.